Prospect Pipeline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first Flyers Development Camp edition of the Prospect Pipeline. I'm Brian Smith, joined by Bill Meltzer. We hope your summer has gone well. And as the days and hours really wind down at this point here at the end of August, the rink is starting to get colder and things are starting to get busy in Flyers land. And this year it starts off with the development camp that is normally around the 4th of July. Usually the Flyers would get this camp in uh, in late June, early July, right around uh, the end of where the draft normally is. But uh, the NHL calendar is still recovering a little bit from uh, the whole COVID situation. So everything is just a little bit later. And uh, so this year, essentially what's going to happen is the development camp comes around right before Labor Day and then about two weeks off. And then we start getting into the uh, the main camps for the year, the rookie camp and main training camp all coming up toward the end of September. But uh, the first day of development camp is in the books. The players were all on the ice on Sunday for a couple of sessions, and there's a bunch of meetings and uh, some conditioning things involved in this camp as well. So we're going to be keeping you up to speed on it throughout the first part of this week. This camp runs uh, through Wednesday when there's a three-on-three scrimmage that we're going to cover for you on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com and all the Flyers social channels. But, uh, but Bill, first of all, I guess let's just get a general idea of what's going on in this camp. This is, uh, again, um, the youngest uh, prospects, if you will, in the Flyers organization. There are a couple of familiar names on here, guys that have seen some NHL time, but uh, for the most part, this camp typically is for um, unsigned draft picks or signed draft picks, but draft picks that have not yet uh, come to the professional game and also some uh, some tryouts as well coming to this camp. Yeah, and those are, those are the guys, the uninvited players. Uh, th- these camps are a little bit different for those guys because those guys are competing – to a degree, they are competing for, you know, rookie camp invites, um, and so they they come in with a little bit different mentality because these are undrafted players. None of them are are signed. Some of them have already been through the draft a couple of times. So, you know, the, these players are are trying to impress right off the bat. Whereas, like, where some of the guys, we're the more familiar names, the uh, the Morgan Frost, Wade Allison's, who've been through a few of these camps and have some professional experience under there. But really, these players uh, are, are taking on a little bit more of a mentorship role for, for some of the younger guys. But they're also, they're also trying to make sure they're in shape and ready to go when, when camp starts. Uh, these guys tend to be a little bit ahead in some of the drills you see in camp, A, because of familiarity, but also because they're a little older, a little bit more physically developed. So sometimes, you know, if a, if a young guy jumps out on one of these things, he's a name that you file away going ahead. And right off the bat, uh, the Flyers' second-year pick, second-round pick this year, rather, uh, Samu Tuaomala, uh, is a player who is clearly a very highly skilled player, and, and not a surprise because he just he dominated the under-18 worlds. So in, in terms of skill development, he's pretty high, but. You know, one of the big differences, Brian, between this and what you'd see in, in a rookie camp and especially an NHL camp, is they're, they're not focused on systems. They're not really doing battle drills. They're not, they're not playing at the kind of – they're not testing to see how these guys are going to play at the kind of pace they would face with the NHL guys in and around them. Really, it's just to help them prepare and, and get ready. And some of these meetings are things about nutrition, preparation, those kind of things. So it, it has a little bit of a different feel just because of the timing of it. It's interesting just in terms of uh, you have guys that are, are much further ahead 
where they normally would be in the off season when you'd see a development camp. So it's uh, you know, it, it, there's something in it for these guys too. It's a good test. Yeah. You mentioned some of the uh, secondary things that go on at this camp usually uh, and the overall objective of it. And normally when this camp is being held in, uh, in July or, or late June, um, the, the goal of the camp is to give all these kids stuff to work on over the rest of the summer. Usually they would be coming to this camp and then going back to their home bases for a good five, six, even seven weeks. And, and that's been the goal in the past is to give these guys things to work on headed into this camp this year, a little bit different uh, scenario, really with uh, a lot of these guys will be back with their uh, clubs for the coming season, wherever that might be uh, within the next two to three weeks. So I think what the flyers are looking at, in this situation is giving them tools uh, and things to work on during their actual season, uh, wherever they're going back to for the coming year, uh, for the guys that are not going to be with the Flyers or the Phantoms, uh, anybody that might be going back to a junior team or uh, to an NCAA situation, anything like that. Um, But uh, this is a bit of a smaller camp, I feel like, too, than usual, probably because of that overall situation. There are probably a lot of guys that have – uh, commitments that they've got to meet here uh, in in very short order, um, especially the college guys. Uh, there's only two goaltenders in this camp. Uh, we're not seeing uh, people like Bobby Brink or uh, you know some of these other uh, guys that are still playing in college right now uh, for the Flyers. So uh, you know, just a bit of a different approach, but still uh, good to give, especially the guys that were drafted in 2021, a chance to come in and, and see what the organization's all about. No, certainly. And the uh, the collegiate rules also come into play as well, um, just because, you know, anybody who's been taking summer classes or their, their fall semester is about to start, they're not, they're not even eligible to come. And, um, you know, they have, the, have what they call the 48-hour rule, with, uh, which means that the flyers could only pay for their accommodations and whatnot for a 48-hour period before the players were responsible for the rest. And even the short turnaround, as you were saying, ahead of the season, really, you know, for those guys, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be here. So it's, it's really that, 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 that's a piece of it, but also just because it's, uh, there's less standing around. You want, the, you want the players that are here to be able to get the most out of the time that they have. So let's start with just a quick look at some of the names on the roster that are be familiar to, to Flyers fans. And, and there really is uh, uh, several different situations here with some of these guys. Uh, you've got uh, Cam York, Morgan Frost, Wade Allison, Jackson Cates, uh, all guys that saw time uh, with the Flyers, however, briefly last season. Uh, Max Shusko is here. Um, so there are guys like Igor Zamula that have already seen time in an NHL uniform. And it's not too often that you see guys like that in this camp, but a lot of these guys are in, are in uh, varying situations. You've got Morgan Frost coming back off an injury that cost him an entire season. Uh, then you've got, um, you know, Wade Allison who um, really saw the most of uh, most time of anybody in this camp with the flyers last year, getting 10 games in. And then you've got uh, guys that are maybe uh, bubble guys, like still like Tanner Lisinski. Um, might be fighting for a, an NHL spot or at least showing that he's ready to be considered for a call-up. And then you've got Cam York, who in his uh, eight games last year with the Flyers uh, looked pretty close to NHL ready. I'm sure the Flyers would love to give him uh, a good bit of seasoning time 
in, uh, in in Lehigh Valley this year, but um, you know, and, and and with the moves they've made on defense, I think they'll be able perhaps to uh, to to do that if they want. Uh, or he could blow the doors off at training camp at main camp and, and just jump on the team. But uh, certainly looked impressive last year for him. This is kind of maybe a head start. So just a lot of different situations with the guys that uh, fans are familiar with. Oh, sure. And and there's a common theme with a, with a couple of these guys. You know, the Flyers just signed Eric Broussard. And before the, shortly before they, they signed uh, Keith Yandel. So... You know, I, I think sometimes there's a knee-jerk reaction. Okay, well, that's gonna bro- that's gonna block a Morgan Frost. That's gonna block a Cam York, and, and and both of those guys were asked that today, and you know they showed a lot of maturity in their responses and saying that listen, you know, there's always competition, and things change over the course of a year. There's opportunities that pop up, so their fundamental challenge doesn't change. It's putting their best foot forward in camp and during the season. So that if and when an opportunity presents itself, whether that's opening night, whether that's a month into the season, whether that's halfway through the season, they'll, they'll be ready to take advantage of the opportunities. And, uh, you know, things, things change rapidly. You know, we, we, fa- we, play, we pay so much attention to what happens in a camp, understandably so, right, During whether it's a, or preseason games. And then by the, by the end of the season, you don't even remember what happened in camp or, or in the preseason just because – because so much changes so you know really for these guys the challenge right now uh and a lot of these guys had injuries last year uh Lisinski had one had a surgery going into the season and he had a season ending surgery late in the season uh morgan frost won a job out of camp and was knocking on the door of playing time uh as it turned out sean couturier got hurt in the second game of the season so that presented an opportunity for Morgan Frost. And then Frost got injured in the second period of his second game, and he was lost for the season. You know, So rather than Morgan uh, potentially having won an NHL job last year, he, he lost the whole year, essentially. And now he has to show that he's healthy and ready to compete for a job. And, you know, there, there's a mental hurdle, too. Uh, Wade Allison, who had had his own share of injury issues, right? He had a an ACL tear his uh, sophomore year of college, and that affected him through senior through senior year. That was that was the, the, an 18-month period where he was rehabbing it, and he wasn't really healthy till the second part of the senior year. Um, last year, he was in camp with the Flyers, but then he had to ankle surgery, I believe it was, that delayed the start of his season. And he said it, it was a huge weight off of his shoulders just to have a healthy summer this year. It was his first healthy summer in quite some time, and uh, he, he's chomping a bit to be ready. You know, his, his biggest challenge is don't get complacent based on, uh, you know, a good sampling of games late in the NHL season. So he's, uh, you know, he's a guy who I think has a, a good chance of making the hockey team if he has a, a solid camp. But as you said, every, everybody has their own situation, their own challenges heading in. I misspoke earlier, uh, reading comprehension, a bit of an issue. Wade Allison had 14 games with the Flyers last year, and the uh, the, te- the eight games for Cam York were with the Phantoms. He had three games yeah. with the Flyers, but even in those three games, Cam York was, uh, was extremely uh, impressive. Uh, to your point about some of the thought around the, the veteran signings the Flyers have had in the summer, I, I, I don't look at it as, uh, you know, Keith Yandel or, or, or Derek Broussard might take a spot from a young player. I think if if any of these young players come in and just are extremely impressive, um, you know, the Flyers would put them on the team and, and deal with the the situation, you know, after the fact. They wouldn't uh, 
saying, oh, you can't come up here because Derek Broussard's in your way. I think what this does, though, is it takes the pressure off of those guys. No, I agree. Uh, you know, they are not going to be forced into, uh, you know, a, a workload that they're not ready for, whether it's because of injury or, or whatever. Um, or at least there's less of a chance that they'll be forced into that workload, um, you know, when, when those two guys are there and, and some of the other veterans. I mean, we've seen years where the Flyers have gone through uh, defensemen like water, and then we've seen years like the year Hal Gill was here as the seventh defenseman the entire season, and the Flyers never needed him once, I don't think. Um, so hopefully uh, we have the latter as opposed to the former. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity, I think, for uh, those guys to be able to ease back into it, whether it's uh, like Morgan coming off an injury or uh, Cam York, um, you know, not necessarily being tossed directly into the fire after an offseason, but maybe has some time. Uh, to get uh, a little bit uh, reacclimated, uh, it has some other things too. Uh, some of the middle guys, if you will, for lack of a better term, um, you've got Zade Wisdom here, uh, and uh, you know, with his overall situation, along with Tyson Forrester, very interesting. Uh, this is not a situation we've ever seen before, but these two guys uh, were players that uh, normally would have been restricted to either the NHL or the Ontario Hockey League last year, but because of uh, the COVID situation and the OHL, uh, I don't even know if they ever did get off the ground, but um, you know they were permitted to play for the Phantoms as 18-year-old junior players, and both were very impressive. And I, I don't know if there's been a determination yet whether or not uh, they could stay in the American League or if they'd have to go back to the OHL. I know there was some talk about making some concessions for players like that uh, so they didn't have to really take a step back. Um, but uh, for, for those guys heading into this season, it's uh, a little bit of uncharted waters. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, and, and it's it's an odd collection of rules because, you know, you, you bring a player out of college at 18 or 19, you know, uh, or a player coming over from Europe, they don't have the age restriction in the American League. It's really just a, a CHL, AHL rule. Um, and you had players, particularly particularly Forster and Wisdom, you know, players like that who really held their own in the American League. You know, and there was a school of thought that having those players go back to the Ontario League, which didn't play last year. I mean, you're correct. The going back a step and playing junior hockey again, sometimes, sometimes the, the main thing they get out of that is bad habits set in. You know, it's uh, really you want to you want the player to feel challenged and, and play at an appropriate level. Um, I mean, it sounds like that's the direction it was going. It never, as far as I know, became 100 percent official. But it sound it sounded like that was where a lot of the sentiment was. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it does finally end up. That was the last I heard was kind of how that would end up playing out. Um, yeah, those guys, uh, those guys had a great challenge last season with uh, with Forrester. You know, it's great to see him healthy. Um, he had, you know, he's, he's off and running in this camp. I mean, because Tyson had a scary-looking injury. I think it was his first or second game in the American League. He also, the season ended a little bit early at another scary-looking play, but he's fine. He's, he's ready to go, and that's, uh, you know, that's a very positive sign. And with Wisdom, he had recent surgery. So, uh, you know, with, with Wisdom, uh, it's a little, bit of, a little bit of time until he's ready to actually step on the ice competitively. But I mean, both of those guys made very strong impressions. They're, you know, pretty far along physically. Uh, Forster, of course, has that that huge shot and that ice vision, and 
you know, he's a, he's a very exciting offensive player and wisdom, wisdom brings a lot of grit and uh, determination and good forechecker and physicality. And a, a lot of those, a lot of those qualities that you want to see in a, in a quality NHL role player, which I think will be you know, his, his most likely future. But, uh, you know, but I think physically these guys are ready to compete at an AHL level. If that possibility is there for them. And, uh, you know, it, it just it shows one of the things that this camp shows really Flyers have a very deep farm system. Last year, last year, they were riddled with injuries. We talked about we've talked about some some of these guys already, you know, Frost injury and, and Forster getting injured. I, you know, Isaac Radcliffe last year had um, he had a, a broken rib and a collapsed lung and then a, a shortened AHL season, almost throw his year out, um, you know. Uh, Lazinski had injury issues. Wade Allison came into the year coming off of surgery. It, it seemed like Murphy's Law in terms of the prospects and injuries. Now you're seeing a, a full complement of prospects, and it's a very, very talented group. So just to wrap things up here, uh, we'll, we'll ro- roll real quick into some of the names that folks might not have heard uh, over the course of time here. There are some draft picks that the Flyers just picked up here in the past year, but also some uh, some guys that have been invited to this camp, free agents, not, not drafted by any NHL team um, that uh, are trying to make an impression, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, one of the intriguing guys, Jackson Vandalist, he is a defenseman who is 6'7", 238 pounds. And you obviously cannot teach size. Right now he is uh, uh, with Calgary, the Western Hockey League, but uh, one of a few guys that are um, uh, that are coming to this camp trying to make an impression. What do you know about him, and uh, what are some of the other intriguing stories heading uh, into this camp that you'll be watching as we get through the next few days? Well, Vandalist, um you know, he's, he's 20 years old, so he's been through the, the draft process a couple of times. Uh, he actually was paired with Igor Zamula in Calgary for a while. Um, you know, Vandalis, besides being a huge guy, he's, he's a pretty good skater for a guy his size. Um, you know, if he can if he can work on some of the – no, I wouldn't call them ancillary issues, but things such as his, his footwork, his pocket handling, and sometimes, sometimes those really big players take a little longer to, to bring their game up to – you know, an AHL than NHL level, the it can be a it can be a, a mixed blessing to have that have that kind of size. Um, but he also he also brings a physical element to his game, and you know, as as an older player in camp, um, you know he, he's a guy who who brings the size and strength. So he's not a, he's not a guy who, you know, you're looking to develop. So he's he's a guy who uh, in, from the physical sense of it. So he's a guy who can come in and show how he can compete physically. And uh, he does know some of the guys that are in camp. And, you know, they're, to me, one of the other interesting things in, in the camp this year is that you have, you have some guys who weren't drafted this year, um, largely due to the pandemic. You know, a guy like Ethan Burroughs, for example, he was a, just a, he was a prolific goal scorer at the, the minor hockey level. And I think he was a second round pick in the Ontario Hockey League draft uh, a year or two ago. Um, he showed she showed some promise as an OHL rookie, um, but then you know the the twenty the twenty nineteen twenty season ended early because of the pandemic. Then there was no season last year, so that, that's the guy who passed through the draft this year. And uh, had there been an OHL season, then you know, he might have been a guy who who would have been drafted uh, a year ago. And same thing with a guy like uh, J.R. Avon, uh, and and he's a 
he's kind of a neat story too because uh, I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of listeners remember Steve Larmer, who was a was a very notable NHL player. That's uh, that's Jr.'s stepfather. So he's a uh, you know he certainly has the certainly has the the family ties to hockey too. Um, and then you know every every player every player in this camp, um, you know has has their own interesting backstory. But those are some of the guys I think that I, I'm keeping an eye on as the the camp develops. So a busy week ahead here for the Flyers, at least from the young team's perspective. The uh, the older guys are starting to trickle in. We're going to start seeing guys on the ice uh, here pretty soon, just working out informally. And then uh, later on in September, we'll start to uh, get ready for the main training camp. But a lot ahead here over these next few days, Bill. I know you've got a lot planned uh, day to day. And then we're going to have, of course, coverage of the uh, three-on-three tournament on, on Wednesday. But uh, what, what can folks look for over the course of these next few days? So we're doing uh, day-by-day wrap-ups from the development camp. It'll be on PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. Um, look at a different different player or group of players each day. Um, we uh, Going into the camp, we did a little two-part preview. So um, you can go through everybody that's in the camp. Part one is the forwards. Part two is the defensemen and goalies. And it, it kind of looks at the backstory of what each guy did last season and what you might look for going forward. For, from each of those guys. And uh, that'll kind of take us into, you know, that'll kind of take us through the camp and uh, what to look forward to is the, is the main camp approaches. All right. Well, a little taste of what's to come. We've got a few days here headed into Labor Day, and then uh, everybody gets one last uh, dose of summer maybe here over the Labor Day weekend, and then we'll come back in September just about ready to roll. The main training camp is a little bit later this year because of the NHL season running as late as it did. It'll start uh, somewhere around September the 25th, so a lot coming up uh, for that in the next few weeks. But in the meantime, enjoy uh, the coverage from our development camp. Again, we'll have it for you throughout uh, the PhiladelphiaFlyers.com empire, all of our social media channels, our podcast pages, and PhiladelphiaFlyers.com over the next few days. We hope that you will spend those with us. For Bill Meltzer, I'm Brian Smith. We will talk to you later on this week here on Prospect Pipeline. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.